welcome to the Enchanted Ears podcast. Where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, I wanted to, to talk about the theme park closures and kind of, you know, what's going on. We've, we've tried to avoid it, I think, talking about it too much on the podcast, yeah. just because... Well, it's, it's kind of sad. It's too much reality. You know, I feel like everybody is being inundated with reality right now. So we've tried to be a little bit of an escape. But at this point in time, it's almost like, okay, now that things are talking, we're talking about getting it open again a little bit. So I think that this is a little more uplifting. So it's something that we would we'd much rather talk about and bring you in on. Right. And kind of what I was going to say is, is jumping off of that, you know, you kind of stated it perfectly, is this week Disney had their quarterly earnings release. So for the investing community, they you know announced their earnings and they talked a lot about what the park reopening is going to look like. And so there's actually, to your point, there's some news on that front. And so I think it's important to talk about that because a lot of information came out because Disney's been pretty mum so far on when things are going to reopen and what's going to happen. Speaking of mum, happy Mother's Day. Yes. <laughs> yes, we're recording this on Mother's Day. So... Yes, happy uh, Mother's Day to our mothers yep, and absolutely. all the other mothers out there. So Yeah, you guys are awesome. Yes, you know. we would not be here without you. <laughs> that is very true. Um, so, but we, but we actually heard from Bob Chapek at the earnings release and also on the Disney Parks blog, the chief medical officer, Dr. Pam Heimel, I think I'm pronouncing that right, H-Y-M-E-L, they, they released a lot of information about the theme park reopenings and you know, one of the the big pieces of news is that actually Shanghai is actually going to reopen. So mm. May 11th, which I believe that's tomorrow. I've lost track of the days in quarantine, but I believe tomorrow is the 11th. <laughs> it's if it's not tomorrow, well, hang on. Yep. Or today, the yep. day today the is day the 10th. The day you're listening to it. Yeah, so, yeah. So, the, so tomorrow after we're recording it, this is getting really confusing. So the day you're <laughs> listening to it, Shanghai is open. But Shanghai is the first Disney park to reopen. So, you know, we learned a lot about what that is going to look like in that reopening. And so I think it's going to tell us a lot about the other parks. Um, and then also, you know, a lot of the other parks have announced that their closures are lasting longer. So it's kind of a mix of things. Just out of curiosity, you know, since this is happening tomorrow slash today, if you were like just hypothetical, if you were in Shanghai and you were invited to go to Disney today, slash tomorrow would you yeah i think that's like the big question on you know everybody's mind is would you go to the parks and i think it, it really comes down to you know what are the measures kind of in place i would probably say no i don't know that i'd want to be like the first one mm -hmm. there but i will say you know based on demand so we'll kind of you know get into this um but one of the first things they talked about is that it, the park's going to open at a limited capacity. So, so Shanghai Resort has been slowly reopening. So their hotel has been open for uh, a month or so. Some of the shops have been open. But the theme parks have been closed until January. So they've been closed roughly four months. So if you want to kind wow. of use that as a gauge, so I don't know if you want to you know, say, okay, the U.S. parks closed in March, so four months, maybe July. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure. Um, but but Shanghai is opening, but they said they're going to only open at 30% capacity. And this is what uh, Bob Chapek mentioned at the earnings release. And so 30% capacity is roughly about 24,000 guests. And he actually said that they'll probably open less than that and kind of work their way up. But what they're having is a reservation system. So you have to purchase your ticket the for the specific day you want to attend. So it's kind of like 
if you buy um, like a single day ticket or a, a few multi-day tickets, not part of a vacation package at like Disneyland. I know when we went to Disneyland, it was like mm-hmm. this. We bought a three-day ticket. We had to tell them what three days we were going. Yeah. Um, when we went to Tokyo, you actually had to pick the specific parks you were going to yeah. each day. So it's kind of like that. So th- that's how they're they're limiting how many people are in there. But to your point, would you go, they released tickets for the first first few days and they sold out in three minutes. That's so crazy. there's clearly a huge demand yeah, I, I, for people to go. I have a really hard time figuring out what I would want to do because I feel like I don't know at this point in time if it's like the, you know, quote unquote responsible thing to do. But at the same time, I am so excited to get out of my house and I love you, baby. But like, I can't wait to be able to go out and like interact with other humans. When we were taking our walk today and we saw our neighbors and I got a chance to talk to them. Oh my gosh. It was like the best part of my week. So I don't know, like it's a, it's a lot of a push and a pull going on. And obviously a lot of people, you know, that could have been an impulse buy or a lot of people were feeling more towards the second part of what I said. And again, it kind of goes back to China and Shanghai. They were a few months ahead yeah, of say, where we were in the US. Ahead. So so Shanghai Disney actually closed on July or July. It closed on January 25th. <laughs> so so there were a few months ahead. So I think if you look at it kind of on that scale, you know, it, this is more like if, if the parks would open in, again, July or August here, I think, you know, in another few months, maybe I'm more likely to yeah. go. But right now, I still think it's kind of yeah, iffy. Yeah, I was going to say, we have, we have August right now, right? I think that's when, when our trip is te- Ten- tentatively, tentatively scheduled yeah, for. Yeah, tentatively scheduled. So if, the, if, if Disney World is open, uh, and we'll, we'll kind of get to that. So, but so you're going to have reduced capacity. You're going to have to have a reservation. So I think those are two things, you know, we'll kind of see here because I really think what's happening is... Disney is using Shanghai somewhat as a test because it's slowly been reopening. You know, China, again, is a little bit ahead of where the U.S. is. And so I think they're going to try some of these measures, see what works, see what doesn't work, and then apply that to the U.S. theme parks. So I I definitely think you're going to see reduced capacity. You're going to see some sort of reservation system. Like if you have an annual pass, you're going to have to sign up for what day you want to go to. But some of the other things they're going to have, you know, they they mentioned – uh, Dr. Heimel mentioned, you know, they're going to follow all government guidance for screening procedures, for face coverings. So you're going to have to wear masks. They're going to do, you know, in Shanghai, they're going to do temperature checks. Shanghai has a special QR code as a, like a mobile app. So you're going to have to scan that before you get into the parks. We really don't have that in the U.S., but yeah. there's going to be probably some sort of, you know, validation. It's essentially... They'll put it on your magic band. Well, essentially... That, at least in Disney World. That QR app is essentially their their con their contact tracing app so mm-hmm. it knows kind of where you've been if you've been okay. in contact with somebody that has tested positive for covid19 so it's essentially uh, and they have this that you have to scan that basically you know anywhere in china if you want to get on any sort of public transportation it basically says you're kind of clear or you're at yeah. a lower risk of having it so they're going to have well, that and at not Disney only that well. if there's an outbreak that you can very quickly track and see you know where everybody's been and then alert people to that they need to really you know buckle down maybe quarantine themselves for a bit yeah that, and that's exactly what it is and you know in the US Facebook and Google are kind of talking about that they're working on these maybe even Apple working on these sort of apps we don't have anything yet what i could see in the US parks is you have to fill out a questionnaire 
before you yeah. arrive. Now, you know, they have talked about they're, they're going to have all digital check-in, so you don't have to go to the front desk to check in. But I could see them making you fill out a questionnaire. You know, have you traveled to any of these areas in the past 14 days? Have you been in contact with anybody that's tested positive within the past 14 days? And they're going to kind of almost make you self-certify is what I could see them happening. And again, they haven't mentioned this specifically, but just kind of looking at, you know, they're using they have technology in place in China to do this. So I think, you know, in the U.S., if we don't have the technology in place, it's going to just kind of be on the honor system to an extent, at least before you arrive. Yeah. And then from there, I definitely see, you know, temperature screenings and, you know, and required face masks um, whenever you do enter the park. I'm still really surprised that we don't have, like, it's it's in talks that they're going to be doing something like that in the United States. But again, this is, this feels like an area where we're we're not taking all of the necessary steps to make sure that we're safe. And I will say, you know, in the US we really haven't dealt with anything like this before. Yeah. Uh, over in, you know, in Asian countries, they've dealt with um uh SARS and, and MERS and some of these other outbreaks before and I think that's why a lot of these apps were already in place. I don't necessarily think they created them just okay, for this. So they were they already kind of had in existence. Yeah. Okay. That makes a little bit more sense now cuz I'm thinking, well, why aren't we developing them? But maybe they they yeah, if they already had them it makes sense they didn't have to develop them. Yeah, and that's I mean that's my understanding. Maybe that's completely wrong, but that yeah, that's yeah. kind of my understanding of, at least of of what I've read. Right. That from makes it. sense. So, yeah, so, so they're going to have all of those measures in place and they're going to follow all the guidance. So I think you're going to see, you know, extra hand washing stations, reduced capacity on rides where they're going to be, um, you know, cleaning rides in between. I think once Shanghai opens, we'll see, you know, how frequently are they cleaning rides? Um, you know, how are they spacing it out every you know other row? Um, you know, it sounds like they'll still have um, face characters, but probably only in like the parades, not going to be meet and greet type type things. Um, How long you know, does it take the them to get cars on and off the tracks? Oh, they wouldn't be able to switch cars on and off in between. Well, I was thinking if you sit seat one row of a ride and then the next ride, you seat the opposite row, then you take that car off, sanitize. Now that would take too no, long. No, yeah, you can't take cars on and off. I think what it's going to be is, yeah, you're going to have to seat, you know, every other row and then, you're going to have to wipe it down in between. And again, if you're running at 30% capacity, if you're, if you're letting 30% capacity in the parks and let's say cleaning the cars after every ride reduces capacity, even to 25% of normal capacity, your wait times are still normal. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not like your wait times are going to shoot up, but it's also not like, Oh, because there's only 30% of the capacity in the parks, you know, wait time. It's not like you're waiting 10 minutes for a ride. Yeah. You know, it maybe it's still a half an hour, 45 minutes for all the rides, but it's a manageable thing. And I think that's really what they're going to play with is, you know, how many people can we have in the parks, but that we can still safely sanitize rides that we can still safely, um, you know, sanitize restaurants and things in between and not have, you know, six hour waits for all of the rides. Cause if they, if they had, you know, a normal capacity and they're running, at 25% capacity on rides, it's, you know, it's going to be 15 hours. You're going to get one ride in and then have to leave. Yeah. Do you think that um, the United States, like, do you think World will be the next to open of all the Disney parks? Or do you think that another international park will open before Disney World? Well, so that's, you know, some of the other interesting things that came out. So while Shanghai announced that it's opening, you know, with all, all its, uh, you know, added measures, and again, they're going to have, you know, tape markings on the ground for social distancing for, you know, how many feet away you are. And 
you know, so, so they're announcing that they're opening, but then it, it seems like every other park is announcing they haven't announced that their closures are extending, but they're, they're not allowing reservations or they're canceling reservations. So gotcha. Disneyland Paris has canceled reservations through July 14th. Now, wow. um, Disneyland is also not allowing new reservations into July. I think, you know, Disney world has begun canceling reservations through the end of May. I think they canceled. I read, um, I think yesterday, and again, this is all changing so quickly. So by the time you listen to this tomorrow, <laughs> it could be different. But they've canceled their villains after hours events through June. Ooh. So, you know, it sounds like they are going to be June or July at the earliest that they open. But I will say Disney World may be the next one to open. And that's because um, a day or two after the earnings release announcement, Disney announced that Disney Springs will begin a phased reopening May 20th. Okay. And so what that is going to... 10 days. Well, yes, nine days. Yes. From and what that's going to entail is all of the non-Disney-owned shops and restaurants. So Disney still mm-hmm. isn't opening anything, but I think what, what is happening is some of the other restaurants and shops may want to be opening and Mm so i mean disney can't really necessarily stop them it's an open air you know kind of marketplace marketplace yeah so so they're going to be reopening Hmm. and so that's part of the phased approach so um one of the um places that will open is actually called wine bar george and that's a restaurant that will be opening and they've actually announced they're going to be having all digital menus so they're not going to be handing out physical menus so i think that's another um, you know, kind of thing we can point to that when these other restaurants open, you know, obviously they're going to space people out, but we're not going to have menus anymore. It's going to be is, all on your phone. I was going to say, that's, this is actually a great kind of idea too, because you figure menus get gross. I, I frequently, th- I mean, I've thought about in the past how like when you're touching a ma- menu, you're touching all these other people. You don't know if they're sneezing on the menu, if their kids had their hands all over the floor and then that are touching the menu. Like it, it is kind of a, gross thing and it's not like you see the people wiping menus down so i I do feel like menus might now be a thing of the past yeah and Uh, i think you know disney is very uniquely positioned um to deal with this because they already have most of their uh, restaurants now have the mobile ordering Mm, in both disneyland and disney world so i could really see them pushing that when they open so not only do you not have menus but it's become hey order ahead of time we'll have your food ready you sit down, you eat, and you leave. Because that way, you know, if, if you can only have 50% of the people in the restaurant at a time, you're losing a lot of capacity, and you want to turn those tables over quicker. Yeah, that makes And sense. you want extra time to clean. So if if you don't have to have people come and sit down and wait 10 or 15 minutes to figure out what they want to eat, what they want to drink and order, and you just walk in and your food's ready, I think that may be, you know, something that they do. Because, you know, another thing they, they kind of talked about is they're going to use all the technology they have available to help enforce these social distancing. So they actually specifically mentioned virtual queues, which I think we've kind of talked about before. Yeah, I think we mentioned that. More virtual queues. But they also mentioned using the, the Play Disney app. Um, as well, and oh. and they didn't say anything, so <laughs> so they kind of mentioned that. But what I kind of think I could see them doing with that, because I was thinking about this, is you know that app is it's to kind of help you pass the time while you wait in line, and yeah. it's to kind of and it rewards you for playing games. What I could see them doing is if they see a lot of people heading over to Space Mountain, let's say, 
And yeah. so Space Mountain Line is getting big. And they want to move people to the other end of the park over to Frontierland, over to Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. They could announce something on the Play Disney app that says, hey, if you go over there and play this game, you can maybe win a fast pass. And so mm-hmm. that's going to cause people to leave other areas of the park and head over to Big Thunder Mountain, which may not have a huge crowd right now. Yeah. And so I think they can, they're going to use that just to kind of help incentivize people to spread out. Because if they said, out, you know, you'll get a free Mickey bar if you do this. Or, ah. or, you, or you get a potential for a fast pass. I'm all in on that. Exactly. So or free churros? Exactly. Oh. Free churros. <laughs> and so I think they can do that to help dissipate the crowds. So I think that's one way, you know, they can do it. And again, with, you know, virtual queuing, you know, places that are, you know, indoor queues, um, you're not you're not waiting in line. And again, just to kind of help with that social distancing. So I think it'll be interesting to see how they utilize the apps in, in the U.S. parks once that happens. And I will think I do think it'll be interesting to see, you know, how the first few weeks at Shanghai goes and to see what changes, because I think things are going to change very quickly over there. I think they're going to mm-hmm. really be paying a lot of attention to what's going on. And I think they're going to make adjustments, you know, maybe daily, maybe hourly even mm-hmm. until they kind of fine tune it. And I think, you know, once that happens, I do think you could start seeing, you know, Disney world and maybe it's two parks a day open. I mean, maybe it's magic yeah. kingdom. Maybe it's always magic kingdom. And it's one, one of the other three parks, you know, to, to help reduce capacity. You know, th- there's some talk that only Florida residents will be allowed initially. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, just to kind of help keep crowds low. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not really sure about that, but I do think, assuming Shanghai goes well, you know, maybe in another three or four weeks. Yeah, I was gonna we'll say we, Dis- we're gonna have to wait a little bit just to see if there's any uptick uptick in the number of cases. I mean, that hopefully, you know, this doesn't happen, and then you see a, a massive jump. But then again, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how accurate the reporting would be. Yeah, and, and I do that. think you're going to see Disney Springs open first. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think, you know, we're already seeing the third party establishments starting to open on the 20th. I think Disney will open that up first. And then assuming that goes well, you'll start seeing theme parks, resorts opening. So, you know, maybe July, we kind of have a decent opening. Again, I'm not sure they haven't really announced anything, but they have started talking about the measures they have in place. So I, I think they are, starting to see what a phased reopening will look like. Mm-hmm. So one of the other interesting things, though, uh, that they mentioned on their earnings release, because, again, earnings are are down. I think they said, you know, uh, operating income from the parks was down 58% um, from last year. That and, hurts. And for the quarter they, that they reported, it ended in March. So they really didn't even have the full impact of Disneyland and Disney World being closed. So I think it's going to be even worse. But they announced that they are cutting um, their their capital expenditures, so park um, you know, refurbishments or new rides, by $900 million this fiscal year. Whoa. So you know, they're, they're going to plan to spend you know, that much less. So you know, I think we kind of all expected this, that some yeah. projects are going to get put on hold or delayed. Um, but that's a pretty big number. Yeah. So I don't know if that necessarily means, I think, you know, probably some stuff's going to get cut. Yeah. I was going to say, it's very hard to tell whenever you're dealing with these ginormous companies like this, a number like that to any normal person seems like a really big number, a lot. But then what does that actually translate to in terms of, 
you know, what doesn't go through, what doesn't get done, what gets cut. Um, it's really hard for anybody who doesn't deal in the business world and deal with those things that are big and expensive to really know what this actually means. Well, I think it means, you know, that the Epcot redo is going to get significantly scaled back. And I think that what's important is they're going to cut it from this fiscal year. If in a year, all of a sudden attendance jumps back, you know, it, the question is how much is it just going to shift to a year or two down the road and what projects mm-hmm. get cut completely. I think what it shows is that Disney is serious about this, that they are, you know, they realize, Hey, th- attendance is down. I mean, they had to furlough all their employees. Yeah. I mean, th- they're really hunkering down, I think for the long haul on this and they're cutting whatever they can. You know, I do think it's going to have, you know, the negative side effect, you know, sadly for us fans that, we are going to probably lose some stuff that we thought was coming. Um, And again, I think the Epcot redo is probably the biggest thing. I think that's going to be scaled back dramatically, but I think, you know, assuming it really, I think we've all learned that that really doesn't matter at this point. It's, it's the health and safety of everybody. So I'm kind of okay with that. Right. I was just going to say that, I mean, you figure this is a company that has a huge image to protect. They're a family company. So if they push ahead and they do all of these things, and first of all, they have a lot to lose if, if they do all this stuff and then they can't get the attendance back up. But also, again, if, if somebody, if there's an outbreak, people get really sick that are doing the work on it or, um, or whatever, they draw a huge crowd and then a lot of people get ill that way. I mean, they stand way more to lose by kind of going through so all these cuts make so much sense yeah and i think you know we'll we'll still get the guardians roller coaster we'll still get ratatouille we'll still get tron because all of those were in progress Mm -hmm. i think we'll still get the update to the castle i think the things that are going to get cut are probably things we didn't even know about anyways (laughs) yeah so like i said no harm no foul right probably a lot of the stuff um you know at, at epcot that probably wasn't announced i do think you know, over at Disneyland, the Avengers campus is going to open. They did kind of announce an Avengers ride eventually coming. I think that eventually gets moved three eventually. to five. Yeah, I think that I think that gets moved, you know, three to five years down the road of when they were already planning it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of people thought the campus was opening this year. Maybe in another three years, they'd have that new ride. I think maybe now it's six to seven years down the road. So I think it's going to be things like that. Like probably Mm -hmm. not stuff we knew about. Um, You know, the star Wars hotel, I think sounds like that got delayed. I have to imagine they still do that eventually. Um, But again, I don't think that's going to be next year. I think that's going to be a couple years down the road. So, so it it will be really interesting to see what happens. I mean, this is going to have, you know, a huge impact um, for years to come. I mean, universal's already announced their new theme park, that they announced is going to get pushed back at least a year yeah. uh, from when it opened. So it, it's going to have, you know, a ripple effect, but I, I, you know, some, some good signs that we have one park at least reopening, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll see how that goes. And when it's safe, you know, all the other parks will, will be reopened. We'll be able to, to go back and, and enjoy the, uh, mm-hmm. the magic that is Disney again. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a few other things we kind of did a little bit backwards, but a few other pieces of Disney news this week that, you know, also wanted to touch on. Um, So one is that I think I saw the future because a few (laughs) months ago we talked about this, that Taika Waititi would be great (laughs) to be a uh, director of Star Wars. So I actually said to you, uh, is this Joe Stradamus strikes again? Because, um, yeah, they just announced Taika Waititi as the... Um, he's the what again? The yes. Director? So, yes. Yeah. So this past week was May the 4th. So Star Wars Day. So there's a lot of Star Wars news. 
and they uh, confirmed that Taika Waititi will be directing his own um, Star Wars movie, which I think is going to be great. I think it's going to be great. At it. I think it's going to be crazy and, it's and weird, weird. And I it's going to be perfect. I heard they're going to be vampires in space. That's what I heard. I'm. I don't even care. Whatever. Nandor, whatever he Naja, wants to do. and uh, and Laszlo are all going to be in it. What it's going to be called? What we do in the galaxy. So, <laughs> um, but so my kind of question is, when is this movie even going to happen? Because he's still got to work on Thor: Love and Thunder. I mean, all of production shut down. That was another thing that kind of came out from Disney's earnings call this past week is that they don't see production starting up anytime soon because they're kind of, again, waiting for when it's safe for the actors and the crew to be around. I mean, you know, with um, you know, mostly across the country, everybody has to wear face masks when they go out. It's yeah. kind of hard to film a movie when <laughs> Thor's wearing a face mask. I mean, maybe all the Marvel was- characters <laughs> wear helmets now. I'm not sure. I, I was going to say the only movie that could basically film right now would be like a Mortal Kombat movie. You could have like Sub-Zero. Star-Lord's and, fine. Yeah, Star-Lord's Iron fine. Iron Man. But, <laughs> Sub-Zero and all those characters that have like the, the masks that, that they wear. Yeah. Reptile. If Iron Man magically comes back, that's why. It's because he's the only one that can film right now. <laughs> so, yeah. So who knows when this movie is actually going to start filming um, and when it's going to start. But I think it's exciting that they got Taika Waititi. I think he is a really good director. And I think um, I, I posted on our Facebook when this news came out that, you know, just like that, I'm excited about Star Wars again. Yeah. I mean, after the last movie, it's kind of like, oh, we're going to take a break on it. I'm fine with that. But now I hear Taika Waititi and I'm in. Well, I think that one of the biggest, I mean, the biggest thing that was lost when Han Solo died was there was that comedic thread that went through the spoilers. Star Wars, <laughs> Four this, years ago, spoilers. Yeah. That went through those Star Wars movies that had those light moments. And I think that we were, they, they were lost in these later movies without Han. So I think that Taika has this really awesome sense of humor and it'll be really great to see him infuse that in some new characters or some new droids or whatever um, and to kind of breathe some life into this franchise. Yeah, and I have to imagine it's not going to be a a Skywalker movie. It's going to be something completely different, which I think will be good. And I think, you know, Taika directed an episode of the Mandalorian was IG-11 on that. So I think, you know, Lucasfilm was pleased with the direction he took and, you know, what he did. So I think this is just kind of shows that he's, you know, because he's filming his own movie. I don't know. You know, we talked about a year ago, maybe Kevin Feige was going to produce a Star Wars movie. I'm not sure if this is the one, and maybe that's why he brought over, you know, one of the top Marvel directors. Yeah. You know, over. I'm not sure, but but we'll see. Um, you know, the other thing is The Mandalorian. They kind of announced who some of the directors are going to be this year. You know, they announced Rosario Dawson's going to be on the show in season two. So excited for that. It sounds like though, that they have, they actually finished filming and production before all of the shutdown. So <sighs> it sounds like season two, baby Yoda be praised. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he, he made sure everybody was safe. So it sounds like that season two <laughs> used the force. is on track um, for this fall. So that, that's really exciting um, that, that that's kind of moving forward. So, and then the last thing we wanted to mention was, you know, an article that the DizInsider.com posted about kind of the, you know, ever evolving Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> sequel reboot. Do they keep Jack Sparrow? Don't they? But it sounds like they're, they're now looking to make a Pirates with a female lead. Yeah, this is really exciting. Um, kind of scary because again, I don't think Disney is really, I mean, Disney of course has made amazing movies with female leads, but they haven't made live action films with, with, 
female leads that I think are really viable. Again, I think Mar- Captain Marvel was a, a weak movie. Uh, well, we'll I, see when Jungle Cruise finally comes yeah, out. Yeah, that'll be a really interesting thing to see. But they're actually talking about having Karen Gillian. Like She's very rumored to possibly play the uh, the main character. And she is from uh, Jumanji, and then she's also Nebula. You would not recognize her as Nebula, <laughs> though, but she is... Yeah, she's the really she's beautiful Jumanji. red-haired woman in, right. <laughs> in Jumanji. And so the, the, the kind of rumor is that she would play she red. Like a, she looks like a young Isla Fisher. Yeah, and the rumor actually is that she would play uh, red, red, the new female is, pirate. Yeah, and she's a meet-and-greet character in the parks and also, of course, from the ride. And uh, so they, there's that rumor, and then there's also a rumor that they're possibly looking at a woman of color to play one of the, like the main role as well. So I'm interested to see which way they go with this. I think it would be really interesting if they brought in a woman of color to to kind of lead up the the series. I know they've definitely had some pretty strong female leads that were women of color. They had um, they had Penelope Cruz, who is Latina, and she was in the. <laughs> there's so many pirates. I think she was in the fourth fourth one. one yeah. yeah. So I think, and that was coincidentally the last good one so um they hired craig mazin and ted elliott as writers now craig mazin he concerns me just a little bit he is the creator and the 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 executive producer of chernobyl the miniseries but so that's really good that he did that and that's a pretty critically acclaimed series but also the like he on his resume he has the huntsman winter war and hangover two and three so not necessarily great movies, um, but then Ted Elliott is insane. Like, I don't even know how I didn't know this guy's name because he wrote Aladdin, Shrek, Treasure Planet, one of the greatest underrated Disney films of all time, Pirates 1 through 4, so he was not involved in the debacle that was the fifth Pirates of the Caribbean, and National Treasure 1 and 2. So that guy is like... If he wrote National Treasure, I'm in. <laughs> I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Um, so they have those guys as keyed up as writers. And then they have Jerry Bruck- Bruckheimer and Chad Oman, who did National Treasure and Pirates, also as producers. So I think that this is a really interesting thing. And I think, you know, one thing about this is they've been talking about another Pirates movie for a long time. And they've, you know, they've gone through different writers before and producers. So I think we have to take all this with a grain of salt. But I do think, you know, this rumor makes the most sense with Red as the lead. It does Because, you know, they they changed the auction scene to add Red into it. She's a walk around character in the parks. So you can kind of already see that they were testing it out to mm-hmm. see you know, if she does well. And I think and she is pretty popular. Yeah, I was going to say, I've seen... The, it would the, make sense to make a movie about I've her. I've seen the, the meet... I watched a little video on one of the websites that I looked at of a meet and greet with her. She seems sassy. She seems confident. She seems um, vivacious. So she definitely would be a very interesting character if they carried that continuity, which I'm sure they would, um, into the movie. So uh, that's really cool. I think that, I mean... They tried already to do a reboot. I definitely think the last Pirates was was an attempt at a reboot. It failed miserably because it was just it was it was kind of like followed a similar pattern as the first one, but it's not as good. Um, so I I do think though with this crew that they've assembled, and I think that Disney has the skill set to be able to reboot the series. Like I'm really looking forward to the next. And movie. I think the problem with the last one is it wasn't really a reboot. They, they tried to start fresh, but yet they made all the characters connected to previous characters right. and, and they th- kept Jack Sparrow in it. And so it, it, to reboot it, you have to get new characters. So you right. can't, you can't have it with all the old characters 
everybody connected to the old character. It's kind of what happened with Star Wars. Yeah. You know, they added all these new characters in there, but then they had to say, oh, wait, they're actually all related to all of these other characters <laughs> that you already know. And so when you keep adding movies and you keep shrinking the universe, it makes it more difficult. Whereas like Marvel, yeah, that's a good point. You know, we've talked a lot about this of, you know, what Marvel does well and what Marvel does well is it adds new characters and they're not, yes, they're, they're intertwined through circumstance and situation, but it's not like Captain America is Tony Stark's, you know, long lost <laughs> uncle or, or is he? Well, dun, I don't, dun, dun. I don't think so. You know, or, or Thor is, you know, related to Ant-Man. It's like all these people are different. This and is Godfather. And they're thrown in these situations. And that's what makes it great. Whereas, you know, Star Wars, again, kind of spoilers if you haven't seen the most recent Star Wars, but, you know, Rey is Palpatine's granddaughter. Like they, yeah. they could have expanded the yep. universe, but they shrunk it. And same with pirates. It's like, we're going to have all these new characters, but it's going to turn out one is Barbosa's daughter. Uh-huh. Do we think one is Jack's kid? Oh, these are Will's kids, but yeah. Will's the same age as them. Yeah, like, exactly. It's just so yeah. weird. So I think... And to then, do course, a true kind of reboot and refresh, if you have Red as a whole new character, you yeah. can expand the universe. I, and as much as I love Captain Jack Sparrow, um, I mean, in the last movie, he was definitely a shell of his former self. So I do think that, you know, the rumor and the, the talk, again, as you, you started this off with, of is he going to be in it, is he not? I do think, I mean, the rumors are kind of tending towards he's not going to be in it. And I think that that's probably the best move for this franchise to be able to move forward and get out of his shadow. It's rare for a franchise to have the same characters and can continue going longer than three or four movies. I mean, Mm -hmm. you have fast and the furious, which is (laughs) like going to be 10 movies and, and you can argue, and they've added fresh characters. I mean, they, they, they really, you know, they completely changed how they did things and they kind of said, we're just going to make it crazy and outlandish as possible. And that's why everybody loves it. So you have that. <laughs> and then the other one is like mission impossible. Wait, wait. I mean, Tom Cruise has done, you know, six or seven mission impossible movies. And that franchise seems to be picking up steam. Wait, so it's what, really those two. What movie was it? Was it the, was it the Hobbs and Shaw movie where the rock, uh, the rock actually like lassoed a, a helicopter and he then did. pulled it back. Like he exactly. literally. And that's <laughs> why those movies continue to be made because they're expanding the universe by now he has lassoing powers. No, like, well, yeah, that's the, that's the part that makes no sense. The fact that he can lasso the helicopter, not the fact that he actually has the strength to pull the actual, they helicopter. had like five cars linked up together, keeping that helicopter down. So, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I mean, it, it is rare that that you know a, a franchise lasts that long. But I, I'm I'm intrigued by this, and I think you know Karen Gillan um, would be great as Red. She has red hair. I think she would fit in. I mean, that's it's kind of a you know hair dye doesn't exist in this new yeah. world. But I think she would be a good fit. I, I think she could bring a lot to the character because yeah, you would never know she's Nebula. I, I mean, yeah. she 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 seems to be a very she she can melt into roles. I mean, she's yeah. really good in Jumanji. She's really good as Nebula. And again, they're two completely different characters and you would never know they're the same person. So uh-huh. I could see her really kind of, you know, getting into the role of a pirate. And so I think I think it would be interesting. To yeah. See. And maybe she could even use a little bit of her her accent, like her real accent. As her a Scottish pirate. accent. Yeah. yeah. She has a pretty awesome accent. Yeah. Well, so like, it, like, it, Brick, like Brickmaster Amy. Yes. <laughs> I mentioned that because Joe loves Brickmaster Amy from Lego Masters. <laughs> Yeah, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of what happens. But yeah, yeah. so 
So a lot of news this week, and you know, want to thank everybody again for listening. That kind of wraps up the show. Just to remind everybody uh, of our YouTube channel. Yeah, go check it out. Yeah, we have uh, 65 subscribers now, and like we announced last week, that whenever we get to 100, we will be doing a special giveaway. So we're we're getting pretty close. Another 35 subscribers to go. So if you haven't already, head over um, to our YouTube channel, Enchanted Ears. We'll we'll put a link in the uh, episode notes. Yeah, I heard uh, the male sure- host is pretty good the female mm, (laughs) that's you saying that not me (laughs) and so you know make sure you subscribe and once we hit 100 we'll be doing a special giveaway um i'm thinking probably what we'll do is we'll we'll give away a couple things it'll be one you know on youtube and one on probably facebook too so you know also head up make sure you head over to our facebook page uh enchanted ears podcast uh, and like that as well just so you can you know have a chance to win a couple but once we hit 100 subscribers um, we'll be announcing more details about that giveaway so i want to thank everybody again for listening this week make sure you leave a rating or a review subscribe wherever you get your podcast you know we really appreciate you uh listening week after week Absolutely. And thanks for lending us your ears. See you next Monday, everyone. Bye-bye.